When the guys asked me what my perfect night would be, I told them the truth. Beer and board games. They thought I was kidding. I was not kidding. and gentlemen you know what that sound means it means it's episode 139 of the personal arrogance podcast i am one of your hosts my name is eric walquist uh and joining me this week as he does each and every week is the other host of the show the one the only the bear the gorilla the loch ness monster himself uh i'm jesse sort of drunk wilson Way to go. Thank you. I wanted to come out swinging this week because I listened to last week's podcast, which I recorded laying down in bed on my honeymoon, and I felt like it was a little flat. So this week, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to break a leg just like that guy from Louisville. Oh. Bam. Come on now. Too soon? And not good enough. <laughs> just play not even trying hard. Uh... <laughs> I plan to break a leg like that gingerbread man in Shrek. There you go. Thank you. Much better. Thank you. Or that porcelain doll in Oz the Great and Powerful. <coughs> Sam Raimi. Um, Jesse, how was your week? Oh, pretty good. I worked the morning shift today, so I've been up since 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that that takes a toll. Solid. Are you, t- are you the type of person who, if you drink beer, it doesn't really make you sleepy? No, beer definitely makes me sleepy. Oh, it does. Yeah. Beer uh, beer has the opposite effect on me uh, up to like the fourth one. And then <laughs> after that, then it's sleepy town. No, beer might as well be NyQuil for me. Oh, well, this, yeah. should, this should be a great cast then. <laughs> it's going to get real trippy here in a few minutes. Well, just like every 138 <laughs> other episodes. Exactly. I uh, I had a great uh, honeymoon. I came back. I uh, did the day off between coming back and uh, and going back to work, which I think mm. was a good call. Always a good move. Yeah. Um, plus, God, the plane that we flew back was like the oldest plane I've ever been on. <laughs> it was like I was so stressed out to be on that plane. <laughs> but, you know, order a couple of Alaskan Ambers and... And you're strapped in for the ride. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. So. Love it or, uh, <laughs> I just was like, jump we, off, I guess. We got in the plane and I look up and you know those like, uh, like the flight attendant call button and the light button? Yeah. They were like, they looked like old Legos. Like they were so, <laughs> the plastic was so faded you could barely even read them. Was well, this better or worse than our flight to Colorado where Journey was getting dripped on for the fuselage <laughs> the whole time? <laughs> That was hey, pretty bad. I, I MacGyvered out of that. I us out of that situation, <laughs> and I like to think that that was jet fuel and it actually saved everyone's life. <laughs> yeah, no. It's between uh, my honeymoon and when I go back to work. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's a little thing called PAX. Oh, <laughs> dude, you're gonna be wiped out. I have a week in Hawaii, then uh, three days of PAX, and then going back to work. Great. So four gonna four days of PAX, gnarly. man. Four days of PAX this year. Yeah, I don't know if I can. I'm already kind of pushing the whole <laughs> time off thing. Come on. 
This, yeah, we'll see. So this week I have a dedication, uh, and I'm going to dedicate uh, this episode to my favorite sports team. They just started their own season, and that's the Seattle Mariners. And you might be saying to yourself, Eric, I know you love the Mariners. I know that they're your favorite team, and it's obvious that you're just – uh, dedicating this podcast to them because they had opening day and they're playing now, but uh, and they're they're two and zero at the at the time of this uh, podcast. But the reason why I'm dedicating this to is is because the first day of um of the season they're playing down in Oakland, but they open up the stadium for free so that fans could come into the stadium, tour the stadium. They just put in the largest jumbotron in baseball in the outfield and they broadcast the game. On the Jumbotron, they had food and drink specials. Uh, I met Edgar Martinez. Uh, really? Yeah, he was. They they opened Edgar's Cantina out in left field, and Edgar <laughs> Martinez was just there. That's so awesome. I got a picture with him. He signed my Mariners cap. Wow. Uh, yeah, and then they let you down on the field, and we were able to walk around the field, walk around the warning track. They didn't let us on the grass, um, and then they also let you just sit in the dugout. So I like just sat in the dugout and watched the game. It was That's the awesome. coolest experience. <laughs> was it the Mariners dugout or the away team dugout? Both, both were open. Wow, that's really cool. I sat in the Mariners dugout, though. Nice. Uh, yeah, and then you could sit wherever you want. And then, on top of that, just for going, they gave everybody who goes a promo code so that they can get discounted tickets for the whole month of April. You can get, wow. you could sit in the front row for 25 bucks a seat for the month of April if you went to the open house. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Cool. So anyway, Mariners did it right. They it's so funny to me that they didn't even have a baseball game and like fifteen thousand people showed up. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if this is the type of thing that starts happening in the future. But uh big success. Good on you, Mariners, and uh and let's have a good season. Yeah, go M's. I have a question, a baseball question. Yes. So there are like like the former kingdom, there's indoor stadiums. Yes. Um, There's very few now. It's like so Tropicana Field. Yes, that sucks. Yeah, it does. So it th- seems like baseball should be played on real grass. Yeah, there's there's very few of them left. There's uh, Tropicana Field down in Tampa, which is kind of the classic. I mean, that's like a Kingdom clone, basically. Uh, and then I th- clone dome. Yeah, the clone dome. And I think you know, there's Rogers Center up in Toronto that has a retractable roof, but they do play on astroturf there. And I think that's it. I think all of the other ones. Oh, Oakland Coliseum, but I think they might have real grass at Oakland Coliseum because they uh, they play football there as well. That's where the Oakland Raiders play. So yeah, I think the only astroturf fields now are, are Rogers Center and Tropicana. Hmm. Uh, well, dying breed. Baseball trivia. Yeah, I know it's going to be all the rave in like twenty five years. They're like, what if we made these giant concrete blisters and then put carpet in them and play baseball on it? Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Let's do I it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Look out so- for staff. <laughs> so that's the ditto for this week. Jesse, uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the um, Breakaway IPA from American Brewing Company here in Edmonds, Washington. Breakaway? Uh, brewer there, Skip Masterson. Mm-hmm. Nicest 
nicest guy on earth. Port Townsend. Lived in Port Townsend for a while, so kind of a hometown connection. Cool. The beer um, beer has what I call Ninkasi syndrome, mm-hmm. which is when, for whatever reason, I think it might be like the spicy, garlicky, kind of like Columbus hops. Yeah. It kind of tastes like vagina. Oh, geez. Yeah. Well, you know, there was there was that that uh, that beer that was brewed with vaginal yeast. Yeah, um, I I never I never partook in that one. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, different flavors for different savers, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm drinking the Lagunitas IPA. Uh, pretty standard IPA, but I love it. I think they do a really good job down there at Lagunitas. Um, and I feel like they're in that good like. I'm pretty sure that uh, Petaluma, California is in Central California, which is like your Lost Coast Sierra Nevada region. Um, and I like that little region. I like I like the beers that come out of there. I think they do a good job. Yeah, Central Northern California have a lot of good breweries, including yeah. Russian River, which oh makes yeah, oh I got real, to have world class hours. So they stopped uh, they stopped selling Russian River up here in Washington. They stopped distributing up here. Yep. And uh, so that was one of the main things of my trip is I made sure I got some Russian River beer while I was down there. Oh, yeah, that's a good call because you're not going to find it up here anymore. But the weird thing is, the weirdest part to me is that they're still distributing to Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Well, you're forgetting about the the California-Pennsylvania beer pipeline. (laughs) Oh, okay. Federally funded. Uh Uh-huh. It's a pneumatic tube. Exactly. One of those things at the bank. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pneumatic tube. You just put, you just put the uh, put the beer in there, and, and it sucks uh, it over. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Except it's the size of a keg. Yes. Uh, one time, one of those broke loose and killed like eighteen people. <laughs> they just launching kegs. Just launched. And it launched all the way into space. I was uh, <laughs> I was reading today on Reddit. There was a today I learned that uh, during the original um, underground nuclear bomb tests. One of the caps to the nuclear or the underground facility, one of the lids to the to the place blew off and flew up in the air at 66 feet per second or something and uh, is is thought to be the first man-made item in space because it happened in like 1954. No, Eric, it was going 88 miles an hour. Well. And it went back in time went, to the Stone Age. It went back in time to 1985. I mean, that would be forward in time. (laughs) Regardless, that's exactly what happened to the keg of beer. Let's get to some listener feedback. What do you say? Um, Some great listener feedback this week. Uh, First of all, we got an email from Chris Rogers, who I'm very, very excited for him. He says, uh, listening to the cast have really upped my spirits. And if you guys ever uh, are in the great southeast part of the United States, I'd love to take you guys out for a drink or 12 while playing some Magic Halo or whatever. We will take you up on that if we ever venture to the dirty, dirty south. Uh, yeah, that's a region that I have yet to tap. Yet to endeavor toward. Uh, have you, ha- have, you haven't, have you? I've been to Virginia. Oh, that's, nah, that's Te- like the northernmost southern state. I think it's technically the south, but I don't think it's really the south. It's, I- the, it's the southernmost northern state and the northernmost southern state. Exactly. I had a I had a a layover in Miami once, too. So, was it delicious? <laughs> it was. It uh, sounds like a uh, something you'd order at Denny's. 
exactly. a layover in Miami. <laughs> I love it. That's a layover in Miami. Thanks for all the great casts and keep up the good work. And one more thing before I go, please wish me luck as Saturday, April the 6th, I will be traveling to Atlanta to participate in the StarCityGames.com Open where I take my deck and magic skills to battle against hundreds of other nerds like myself and try to win $3,000. If I win, I will give you guys a shout-out in my winning interview. Thanks, guys, and stay arrogant. You stay arrogant, Chris. Get off my back, and thank you so much for uh, for mentioning us. I am pulling for you, man. I, if, if you win, you got to plug us, and you got to end your interview by saying, stay off my back. Yeah. I mean, get off my back. I don't even know our own slogans. Uh, but, I mean, it's going to be tough, man, but we're, we're, we're putting all our good karma toward you. Um, another good person to put your karma toward, another good team to put your karma toward is coming up in our Connect the Dotsy segment. Uh, Roger was good enough to call in this week, and here he is. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. I was just—I wasn't going to call in because I don't know if people are tired of hearing me talk about Louisville Cardinals, but I want to talk about them a little bit more. Get off my back. I, I hope everybody, I hope you guys have been watching this tournament. If you're into college basketball at all, everyone's able to see why I love my card so much, why I want this national championship so much. I know it's not a very nerdy topic, but I just wanted to encourage everybody to watch these final four games cheer on my card. I will be cheering on the Seahawks in the fall. We'll make it an even trade. Um, my boy, Kevin Ware, I know everybody knows about that. Just, you know, oh, I'm just excited. I'm just excited. And who do I share things I'm excited with? My wife and my friends. But after that, you guys. Just wanted to call in. You guys rock. Keep it up. Stay arrogant. Get off my back, Roger. Get off my back, stay arrogant. You know, we are pulling for the Cardinals. I think we both had them in our brackets. Is that not correct? Yeah, I I, I had them as the champion. I had them as the champion, too. They're, they're my only Final Four. After, like, the Elite Eight, they were my only Final Four team left. So we are rooting for them. And, oh, my God, Kevin Ware, dude. Did you see at all? Did you see any of the pictures or anything of that guy's leg? I saw a picture because I didn't. I didn't know what I was getting into, but uh -huh. I wish I hadn't. Right. It's NSFL, dude. Yeah. It's like uh I I was I heard about it and then I like I was like, well let me let me see if I can find the video of it. And then I like got to the video of it and the still on the video was his leg bent in like a weird way and I was like, I can't watch this. <laughs> this is just, not gonna happen. I don't know I don't understand how that happens. It's weird. It's like um you know, basketball players, some of them have that issue uh, of when if you just land wrong, your your leg just snaps. That's so crazy. Does he have osteoporosis? I don't know. There's a uh, – I'm trying to trying to remember the guy's name. He was drafted ahead of Michael Jordan. Uh, uh, Bowie. Um, he was like a tall guy. He's like six foot eight. He was a dominating guy. Um, and – he uh, broke like both of his legs like four times playing basketball because he just had like weak ankles. Wow. Yeah. Avian bone syndrome. Sam Bowie. He was drafted uh, one ahead of 
Michael Jordan by the Portland Trailblazers. Way to go, Portland. <laughs> Suckers. Yeah. Um, I saw uh, just because like sports injuries became popular for a minute on the mm-hmm. internet after mm-hmm. that, I saw a picture, and I, I think it was like from 98, of a hockey player who had his carotid artery severed. <gasps> yeah, he like got tangled up in the uh, like – uh, a pile up essentially and like did was did somebody cut him with a skate yeah yeah so oh, he lost Gilmore a ton of him. blood and then like his trainer like had to come out and, like put his hand in his throat and the, like the trainer was a vietnam war uh-huh. era medic and like pinched <laughs> the artery shut until they could close it and i guess it took like 200 stitches did he live yeah, he lived. Holy shit, that's crazy. I mean, that's the other part about it is if you get injured, like that's the place to get injured because there's like a bunch of medical personnel just waiting to run out on the run out onto the ice or the field or whatever and take care of you. Yeah, that's a good point. Like that, like you could you could just be like trying to get something off the top shelf. Of, <laughs> exactly. Well, I guess basketball players wouldn't have a problem with that, no. but still, no. it, it could happen in your own home, and it's like, yeah, you're done. Well, the most gruesome sports injury that I had seen before uh, before this Louisville injury was the Mariner Moose in the Old Kingdom. Speaking of AstroTurf, he used to uh, get pulled around by a four-wheeler like he was water skiing. And uh, he was on rollerblades. <laughs> and this was like a thing that they did between innings at the Kingdom. Uh, one time, you can look this up online. I'm sure the video's online. Uh, the guy ran into the outfield wall, uh, the guy in the Mariner Moose outfit, and his foot got completely spun around. Oh. And he's, like, wearing a rollerblade. <laughs> he's in a Mariner Moose costume, and his foot is completely backwards. Oh. Yeah. But a lot of people are saying this is, like, the most gruesome injury that's ever been on, like, live television. Because apparently his, uh, Kevin Ware's, uh, Six inches of his tibia were, like, sticking out of his leg. Mm. Ugh. Yeah, but they also, like, televised the invasion of Iraq and stuff. Yeah, but they <laughs> they only show the guns going off. They don't show where they're landing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just see bombs going off. Yeah. Like, goodbye, family of seven. I know. It's cr- like a house blowing up, but it's like a, a wide shot. It's like that show. What was that show? America's Craziest Videos. Like, that, there was that show, it, I used to watch it in college, I used to just be super lazy and just lay around and watch that show all day long, because would, it would run continuously on court TV. Yeah, like the wildest. Yeah, we're, it's, it's, it was uh, narrated by Stacey Keach, I remember that. But, like, you knew that, like, no one was going to die, because they didn't right. They didn't show, they would have, like, terrible accidents, and then they were always like, and he, six months in the hospital, and then he was okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they saved it for they saved that for the pay per view. <laughs> yeah, sweeps week. Um, <laughs> anyway, Jesse, let's uh, that's our listener feedback for this week. Let's go ahead and roll some dice and get this show on the road. Um, we're just gonna roll a twenty sided die for a little tiny Matt roll off to see who gets to speak first on the cast. And here we go. I rolled a seven. I rolled an eight. What? <laughs> well, I didn't follow my trend. I should have rolled a 17, but uh, an 8 will do this week. So, my first topic is going to be about movies. Do you know what nemesis means?
couple weeks ago, uh, we got a Facebook post asking us uh, what movies we were excited about for the new year or, or for the summer. Um, and of course, there's the big ones. There's Superman. It's coming out. Man of Steel. You got Iron Man threes coming out. Um, there's some big movies. Um, and you know, I was saying that I was excited about those, obviously. And I kind of wrote it off, and I felt bad because I didn't really do my research. So I'm I'm copping up to this now. I, w- I really didn't do my research as to what's what's happening this summer movie wise. But there are a lot of movies that I'm actually very excited about. So I wanted to go through some of those. Um, and uh, get your reaction, Jesse, because I know you go to the theater all the time. Yeah, and uh, see which ones, uh, if any, that that I can that I could sway you into actually making it to the theater to watch. How does that sound? Lay it on me. All right. So the first one is "This Is the End." Man, mm, have you seen the trailers for this? No, okay. I just don't like the title. Okay. Uh, this is the end. It's a new movie. Uh, it's written by Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, who wrote Superbad and um, and Pineapple Express, and it basically stars all of those guys. James Franco's in it. Uh, yeah, everybody's in it. Jonah Hill, Paul Rudd, uh, uh, Michael Sarah is in it. I know you love Michael Sarah. Um, I actually do. I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. I don't know if I am either. Uh, <laughs> Danny McBride's in it. Um, everybody's in this movie. Um, there's even like there's a ton of cameos and like like Emma Stone is cameoing. There's there's a lot of cameos and Rihanna's in it. Um, but the great thing is is they're all playing themselves. So basically what this movie is is like all of these people. So Seth Rogen plays Seth Rogen. James Franco plays James Franco. And the apocalypse happens. And it's how these people deal with the apocalypse. But they're all playing themselves. Like Emma Stone's Emma Stone. And Michael Sarah gets a – in the trailer, spoiler alert, he gets a traffic light shoved through his heart. Um, I think it looks awesome. I'm very excited about this because I loved both Pineapple, Pineapple Express and Superbad. And I love Pinochle Express too. Pinochle Express is a it's a wonderful film. It's uh some of the best I mean, people are like, what are those old ladies gonna do after Steel Magnolia? And then <laughs> like the follow up was a million times better. <laughs> what kind of apocalypse is it? It so they go out, there's like sinkholes, everything's on fire, it looks like there's some kind of alien rapture event happening. <laughs> oh, the alien rapture. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not just the rapture. It's the it's alien rapture. rapture for Martians. Yeah, it's like the ancient aliens thing where they're like all <laughs> angels are actually aliens and UFOs. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it looks really good. And in a mo- in a in a summer movie season that doesn't have a ton of comedies, uh, I think that this one looks pretty solid and it actually looks pretty original too. That sounds pretty and, awesome. Like these guys are obviously making fun of themselves. I think it sounds like a fun. Yeah. I like uh I like Seth Rogen. I've been watching Pineapple uh, not Pineapple Express. Uh, Freaks and Geeks. Oh yeah, on Netflix, with, baby. With of course Seth. Seth Rogen. That's Seth Rogen, right? Yeah, and James Franco. Yeah, and Jason Segel. But what what's funny about that is Seth Rogen has like a pretty small role. Yeah, super small role. But then like he ends up being maybe the well, I don't know. All three of those guys yeah. became such big. Actors. I think James Franco is the biggest movie star of those guys. Probably the biggest movie star, but I think no. Seth Rogen is like the most prolific. Yeah, he's got like, his own. He's thing. doing a lot of stuff. I just love that he like 
he knew he wanted to make movies, so like yeah. he gets involved in the industry at a young age and makes it work. So well, that's pretty exciting. And apparently, Judd Apatow was like super supportive of all those guys, and so uh-huh. they were. He was like, Seth, you need to start writing movies, and then Jason, you need to start writing movies, and now they're both like big and stars. James, you look, you look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. James, <laughs> just, you, do that. just do the, just do that in every you know movie. That soda <laughs> smile thing yeah. you do. Yeah, keep that up. Every movie. That's working for you, buddy. Don't worry. You'll host the Oscars one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's hilarious because the only, like, real story arc in Freaks and Geeks for Seth Rogen is that he, like, falls in love with that band girl. Yeah. <laughs> like the tuba player. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, Freaks and Geeks is such a good Besides show. that, he's just kind of there with sideburns. Yeah, totally. And he, like, makes lewd comments. Like, yeah. that's kind of his thing. Yeah. Um, so another, uh, the other comedy that I'm seeing that's coming out that's like a true comedy is The Hangover Part Three. Uh, Return to Vegas. Apparently, people die. <laughs> uh, are you gonna watch this thing? No way. All right. I, I think I think that's a rental. A red, a red box. It. Well, the like just red box it. I <laughs> just. We need a sound clip for that. <laughs> I think I just gave you one. I think so. Um, I do. I do respect what they're what they did with Hangover Two because you know Hangover One was like one of the biggest successes of all time. It was like such a cheap movie and it made like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, so Todd Phillips, who was the director, he also directed um, Old School. <laughs> uh huh. He basically he's like, okay, I know they're gonna make us do a sequel, so he just made the exact same movie but set it in uh, Thailand. <laughs> But it's, I like, never actually saw the second one. It's the exact same movie. And it, the great thing is like they have uh, YouTube videos of this. If you play the trailers for Hangover 1 and Hangover 2 right next to each other, they're the exact same trailer shot for shot. <laughs> shot for shot remake yeah. of the movie they made earlier. Yeah, so that's basically what Hangover Part 2 is. So I kind of love that because it's basically a meta joke on like the movie industry. But Hangover <laughs> 2 did make a ton of money. Deep. Yes. Uh, but apparently Hangover Part 3 actually does have its own plot. I think I'm still going to rent this one. Or if it's a lazy sunny afternoon, maybe I'll go. Mm. And then the third one is more of an action comedy. It's uh, Two Guns starring Mark Wahlberg and uh, Denzel Washington. No, thank you. It looks – it sounds kind of stupid, but you watch the trailer for it and it really reminds me of like old 90s buddy cop movies like Top Gun. I mean Top Gun. Like uh, what was that movie? God, with Bill Gibson and Danny Glover. Oh. Uh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah. That, really Top Gun and Lethal Weapon. Yeah, really I was just saying, they kind of convey the same yeah. thing. <laughs> uh, but it really, like, evokes, like, Lethal Weapon or, like, uh, what was done to a stupider extent with the Rush Hour movies. I don't know. It looks kind of fun. Probably a rental as well. So now we're going to get Red into it. the... Red Box. Red Box it. Uh, now we're going to get into the movies that I'm super excited about. Uh-huh. So I'm extremely excited about Elysium, which is a movie I'll, – I'll read you, the, uh, I'll read you the, the synopsis. Set in the year 2159, where the very wealthy live on a man-made space station while the rest of the population resides on a ruined Earth, a man takes on a mission that could bring equality to the polarized worlds. Uh, it stars Matt Damon. Um, Jodie Foster's in it. So there's your uh, – your contact tie-in. Uh, oh, it's all part of the contact over. It's all part of the contact. Uh, but the thing that I'm really excited about this is Neil Blomkamp's uh, uh, 
follow-up to District 9. So this is the second movie after District mm. 9. And I Dist- heard if you watch this trailer alongside yeah. Contact, it's exactly the same movie. <laughs> exactly the same. Uh, but I'm excited about this because Neil Blanc- like District 9 is honestly on like my top 10 favorite movie list. It's yeah, so it's good. good. I, I think it's really good. And I think that the that Pixar totally ripped off the plot for Brave. I don't know if you've seen Brave yet. No. Is uh, Brave is a District 9 ripoff? Yes, totally. Now I have to watch that. Do, Isn't it about like a redheaded Scott? It's about a redheaded Scott. Do you want the spoiler alert or not for Brave? Uh, put it on the pizza. Okay, we'll put it, put on, it the on the podcast. <laughs> Anyway, just wa- if you watch Brave, and you'll you'll realize what I'm talking about. It's basically a District Nine ripoff with a happy ending. Um, but I'm super excited about. it. I think Neil Blomkamp is a is a very exciting director, and I like that he's doing his own thing. Unlike a lot of young directors in Hollywood who are kind of doing their indie feature and then getting their shot and doing something pretty commercial, um, like what Mark Joss Webb did. Whedon. Yeah, Joss Whedon. Uh, but like what Mark Webb did with Spider-Man, um, I don't, can't remember his name, but the guy who did Safety Not Guaranteed, which I really liked, his next movie is Jurassic Park 4. So, what do you, are you, are you going to watch this Jurassic Park 3D thing? I don't know, man. I, I'm just not a fan of post-converted 3D. I think it looks like a pop-up book. <laughs> I agree. And I, I was kind of pissed off. There was like a radio commercial uh, for it today, and it was like, Watch Jurassic Park the way it was meant to be seen. Yeah, that's I'm BS. like, I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> the thing about Jurassic Park is that it is nearly a perfect movie, in my opinion. I love that movie. I have so much love for that movie. And, like, it, it's, like, it's kind of my Star Wars in a lot of ways. Like, the way that people who were born in the 70s talk about Star Wars, um, about going to see that as a kid and, like, experiencing that. You know, yeah. Jurassic Park came out when I was seven years old, and it's one of my earliest memories is going to that movie. I remember it vividly. It was the first PG-13 movie that my parents took me to, but I was such a big dinosaur nut that they Normally, like, they only took you to our movies. Exactly. They're trying to harden me, but, um, but they, you know, they let this one slide. Uh, but I, I had, I got new shoes that day, so I remember, like, my <laughs> shoes... I like prop my put my feet up and I like watch this dinosaur movie and I was so into dinosaurs and like it really blew my mind and even today it holds up whenever it's on TV I just end up watching the whole thing. So yeah. I love that movie and I kind of don't want it to be ruined uh by 3D but at the same time I want to see it in the theater again. I haven't seen it in the theater since I was 7 years old. So I'm torn. Yeah, but, that's a toughie. But that's also coming out this summer, so. What if they made um what if they made glasses that you could take to a 3D movie that mm-hmm. just made it 2D? Well, you can do that. You can actually do that. Um, you just take 3D glasses. You take two pairs and then you punch out like the right lens and you put it in the left lens of the other glasses. Because then you'll only see that one image. Right. You'd only get like the blue side. Or yeah, you could whatever. do it. You could do a hack of it. Yeah. Just so, do that. Yeah, I actually have some 3D glasses in my drawer. I have my Hobbit ones. <laughs> um, so I'm going to run through some quick ones. Jesse, I'm going to get your uh, get your quick opinion on these. So uh, coming out August 2nd, 300, Rise of an Empire, the sequel to 300. Totally unnecessary. Okay, War- World War Z coming out June 21st. Uh, it's based on the book, but it's basically its own plot starring Brad Pitt, 
the zombies look really crazy in the trailers and they run on top of each other and create towers and they uh, are pretty vicious. Excited? Not excited? What do you think? Everything I've heard about this makes us sound like it doesn't stay true to the book at all. Yeah, it's not at all about the book. So, no. Okay. After Earth, M. Night Shyamalan's next movie starring uh, Will Smith and his son, uh, what's his son's name? Uh, Jaden Smith. I'll definitely, definitely see that. I really like, I'm an M. Night Shyamalan apologist, (laughs) and I... I'm kind of sad about that, but I also, like, I just can't. Like, I even like The Happening. I just think, like, I feel like his movies really remind me of old Twilight Zone episodes. And I haven't seen The Last Airbender. I think I'm going to skip that one. But, uh, but I mean, I'm, I mean, I think Unbreakable is, like, a great movie. I really, really enjoy that movie. And I also enjoy, like, The Village, and I enjoy Lady in the Water. I think his movies are really good. But uh, I'm an apologist. So I'm probably going to see this one because I really like sci-fi stuff. Um, Also, Oblivion starring Tom Cruise uh, about a future guy who walks around and meets uh, meets uh, who's that old guy. Instead of that, I would rather play Oblivion. Morgan Freeman. He meets Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I'd probably I'd rather play Oblivion, too, but I'll probably end up seeing it. I don't know. Um, The Wolverine, Jesse Wolverine in Japan. Your thoughts? I love Wolverine. Yeah. That's my gut reaction. Yep. And I think that this, like, this was originally going to be directed by Darren Aronofsky, um, but he pulled out because he he wanted to move on to other projects. Now he's doing the Noah movie. Uh, But, God, it looks looks like it's pretty good. And Wolverine is, like, pretty awesome. Probably the greatest Canadian fictional character of all time. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be great if they put him on some Canadian currency. Yeah, I think that he needs to have a sh- like. It's too bad that uh, he's in. He's owned by Fox, and uh, and Captain America is owned by Disney. Because it would be great to see them like square off in some kind of Canadian American Civil War movie. I guess it's not. A, <laughs> I guess it's not a Civil War. <laughs> yeah, but Canada, yeah, you know. It- Wolverine's been around forever. What side of the battle was he on in the War of eighteen twelve? That's a good question. What about the French Canadian War, the French Indian Wars? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't even know if that's accurate. Hopefully, the Hex nineteen guys can help us out. Hopefully. Uh, so, Wolverine, are you excited? It's in three D. I don't. I haven't seen anything about it, but I'll, I'll go with yes. Well, you Rent, have till July twenty sixth to figure it out. Um, and then uh, the last one I'm going to talk about, this is a movie that I'm so excited about. I have waited waited on bated breath for this movie for a very long time. It is the third in the Blood and Ice Cream or the Blood and Cornetto trilogy. Oh, right. Uh, by Edgar Wright, The World's End. So the trilogy starts, it's like an unofficial trilogy. It starts with uh, Shaun of the Dead, which is the Strawberry Cornetto. And then it moves on to um, moves on to Hot Fuzz, which is the chocolate Cornetto. It's a uh, black and white. And then you have the green mint Cornetto, which is what this is based off of. The world's end. It's basically uh, let me read the synopsis: Five friends who reunite in an attempt to top their epic pub crawl from twenty years earlier unwittingly become humankind's only hope for survival. So you know, Shaun of the Dead basically was a parody slash love letter slash great movie around uh, zombie films. 
Uh, and then Hot Fuzz was the same thing around cop buddy movies. And this is looking like it's going to be the same thing around disaster films. I am so excited about this movie. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's like right at the end, Jesse. So like we could do – oh, you're going to be on your honeymoon. But it comes out August 23rd. So it's around PAX it's the day time. day before my birthday. There you go. So in retrospect, the movies that I am super stoked for, you know, other apart from Star Trek, apart from Man of Steel – I don't know about Iron Man three. It's eh, I don't know. Iron Man two is a little tedious for me. Um, but the World's End is probably my number one that I'm excited about. Number two is Elysium, uh, and number three is This Is the End. Those are my top three movies this year. So Jesse, are you ready for your first topic? Yeah, uh, for my first topic, I want to talk about a little thing that I read on a little thing called Reddit. Tusked whales, narwhals, the unicorns of the sea. Extra, extra, Reddit on Reddit, Reddit on Reddit. And that's the way it is. So, uh, archaeologists have discovered a uh, historical site that's been lost possibly since the 6th century uh-huh. AD. And uh, it's popularly known as the Gate to hell excellent so uh basically what they found is a cave the entrance to a cave that was regarded in the ancient world as the gate to hell uh particularly in the uh uh early roman empire Mm -hmm. so like to the greeks and the romans uh they thought that this cave was a gateway to hell and uh, this is a uh, a passage from Strabo, who lived between uh, 64 BC and 24 AD, and he described the space as a space. The space is full of vapor, so misty and dense that one can scarcely see the ground. Any animal that passes inside meets instant death. I threw in sparrows, and they immediately breathed their last <laughs> and fell. <laughs> I love that he's like he got handfuls of sparrows he's <laughs> chucking into them. the cave. How do you throw a sparrow? I guess you got to put it in a cage. <laughs> I, know, right? I feel like if you throw a bird, yeah. <laughs> it immediately like flies back in your face, gives you rabies, and yeah. is gone. Especially a sparrow. Like sparrows are pretty agile. Like, oh yeah, I could see it's maybe not... throwing a crow or something, or like an owl, or like a a great blue heron. Yeah, a heron is effed. Like That's you just grab it by the javelin. legs. Yeah, I would just I would do like a hammer throw, grab it by the legs, and spit her out. Anyway, yeah. So I guess they they, that's, find, that's they the, found this. That's the original Angry Birds. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Angry Birds uh, prequel, Dead Birds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I hear an indie game being developed. Anyway, Jesse. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> so, um, the the city is Hierapolis, uh, uh, which is where the cave was found, along with a plethora of el- other elements, including columns and other relics, which apparently uh, depicted Pluto, the god of the dead in the Roman, basically the mm-hmm. Roman Hades. Yeah, apparently he was a god, but now he's been downgraded to a demigod. Oh, that's true. I forgot. Damn you, science. <laughs> Always toying with uh, 
Nature. Exactly. The magazine. Uh, so uh, the city was founded 190 BC, and it ended up in Roman jurisdiction uh, in 133 BC, and it grew into a flourishing city, complete with a theater, hot springs, and other related elements. So the hot springs yeah. is kind of the the ticker there. Like, mm-hmm. come on down to the, the gates of hell. Take a bath in our boiling pools. Watch our. <laughs> Hellish demons uh, kill birds on our big amphitheater stage. (laughs) Chuck your least favorite bird into this (laughs) hole. Gates of hell. You only go once, but you'll hate it. (laughs) What happens in the gates of hell stays in the gates of hell because (laughs) you and your birds just died. Exactly. (laughs) Oh... But it's pretty exciting that they dug this up and are like, oh, yeah, this is totally the ancient city that's been lost forever. It's just so cool that they were like, it sounds like it was like a resort town. Yeah, it probably was like a a destination vacation, the gates of hell. Um, They think that the city was destroyed in the 6th century by Christians. Mm -hmm. Marauding Christians. Yep, that's what will happen. So was that like during the Crusades? Well, I think the 6th century is a little early for the Crusades. Oh. I'm not actually sure. I'm not good with dates. <laughs> the Demi-Crusades. Yeah, Jesse, you only have but, a degree in history. It's not a big deal. Are there any other, like, mythological things? I mean, obviously everyone wants to find Atlantis. Right. What else would be cool? Well, uh, well, Atlantis is strange because I, I, it's weird because it, it's pretty much just mythical, right? Like, yeah. I, I think Socrates wrote about it or something, but, I mean, come on. That was, like, back like that was back in the day when, like, philosophers were rock stars, and he was probably, like, the original L. Ron Hubbard trying to, like, <laughs> do his own thing. <laughs> um, I don't know what this does remind me of, though. It's, like, like, this place basically sounds like the original Sin City, like the original uh, Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, there's probably some... Uh... Some gambling going on, yeah. maybe some some mob mob run hotels. It's just so funny to me because like ancient Romans were crazy, you know. <laughs> they literally had contests where you'd like we just have contests where guys break their legs and their bones go through their skin, but they had l- contests where people actually chopped <laughs> each other's heads off. Uh, <laughs> That's true, right? I'm like, how nuts would it be if like there was YouTube footage from the Roman Colosseum? Oh my god. Life was so much more intense back then. Yeah. And then, like, so their idea of Disneyland was the gates of hell. (laughs) Like, they're just crazy, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any ancient ancient artifacts that you think should be found? Basically, like, this would be a cool Indiana Jones story, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's ripe for Indiana Jones. It Mm -hmm. would be cool to go in there with, like, some gas masks or something. Yeah, oh, apparently it's carbon like dioxide. Like, they, it's just a lot of carbon dioxide, so it'll kill a bird, but I don't know, like, <laughs> like if you what? have a tree, it's going to love it in there. Well, yeah. <laughs> just plant a bunch of trees in there. Yeah. <laughs> what if it is just a meth lab? What's like a, what if it's like the, the Turkish version of yeah. Breaking Bad? The original meth lab. It's like the ancient Roman version of a meth lab. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because I, like I, I believe have, another have you part heard about the um, there's like castles in northern England where the walls are like basically 
uh, worn down to glass. Oh. And there's no explanation as to, like, why, like, uh, it's like the sand that made up the stone has uh-huh. turned into glass, and there's uh-huh. no reason why, and, like, a bunch of people are like, that's a, that's proof that aliens were on this Earth waging nuclear war. No, I think it's a proof of dragons. Those are obviously mm-hmm. dragon dragon mm-hmm. cells. Yes, that is the next site to be discovered is Skyrim. Exactly, dragon cells. Uh, you know, that's the whole thing that's really that really also freaks me out about like ancient culture. I mean, I guess it doesn't freak me out. I mean, um, you know, there are people today who take hallucinogenic drugs and say that they have spiritual experiences. Uh, but like this was like the main thing that people did back then. So like the oracles at, at Delphi would like you know smell hallucinogenic vapors and then yeah go into a trance and then say what they saw. And this was apparently very similar. Like pilgrims would go and like sleep next to the gates of hell so that they could uh so that they could have visions uh i don't know why you'd want to have visions of hell but uh, to each his own um this is crazy roman people um yeah well um back in ancient times certain brewers and uh i forget which cultures this were but certain cultures believed that uh intoxicating beverages like beer and wine were literally uh a certain goddess trapped in the bottle. <laughs> and that's why it made you tipsy was because it was yeah. the effect of this goddess. Yeah, and then you have like Bacchus, the god of wine. Yeah. yeah. It was just cooler back then. I kind of wish cool. I lived back in the day, except I would have died at 16. <laughs> yeah, you would have, you, I would have been an old man at 27. <laughs> People would be like, oh my god, how do you live that long? Yeah, uh, my shitty appendix would have done me. Oh in. yeah, that's true, man. You're not well. I have terrible allergies. I mean, that's basically nature's way of telling me I'm not meant to survive. <laughs> Thank you, Zyrtec, for giving me a reason to live. Uh, <laughs> Zyrtec, you're playing God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think I think it's really cool. I mean, these are the types of things that you don't really hear about anymore. You know, I think that it, like in the '40s, there's all, there's always this romantic view of of, uh, of archaeology in the 40s of like you know finding or in the 20s i don't know pre when i was born uh of like opening king tut's tomb uh and uh-huh. like all of that or and discovering then, troy yeah discovering troy or or you know f- discovering pompeii or you know all of the great serials that uh, indiana jones is based off of but you don't really hear about that stuff anymore and i think it's cool to know first of all that this stuff is still going on that my dreams of being a adventure archaeologist by day and communication specialist by night are still, um, or maybe the other way around, are still viable. Um, but uh, you know, this stuff is still happening, which is cool. And you know, the ancient world is something that was very sprawling, and it's basically everyone's history when you're talking about this region. Um, if you go back far enough, so I think it's really cool. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. It, it piqued my interest. I also read that article. I was very, very piqued. So, yeah. Jesse, speaking of uh, great moments in history slash geography, uh, <laughs> are you ready to do some trivia? I'm ready for a break. Let's All do right. it. Let's do it. Um, we're we're going to do world domination again. I like this set because we actually get these answers correct from time to time. I'm going to roll a six-sided die to see which category, which continent we will be debating this week and it is asia once again jesse are you ready 
Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. What's the capital of Pakistan? Uh, I should definitely know this. Oh, wow. I'm really embarrassed. <sighs> I, I'll know it when I hear it. That's my answer. Yeah, I know. I feel terrible, too, that I don't know it. Is it Benghazi? No, that's not. That's not anywhere no, near Pakistan. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like a dummy. I think that's Libya. Islamabad. Oh, God. I swear I was about to say that. Ugh. All right. Uh, this one's for me. Where is Bacow? Bacow. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Vietnam. Yeah, I want to say, um, uh, that one that's just east of India. <laughs> the one that's east of India, that'd be, uh, Bangladesh. Sure. All right. East Timor. We oh. are really doing well this week. Uh, which two? Well, I, I said East. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, which two ethnic groups are in dispute in Kashmir? Uh, in Kashmir, that's it, uh, Pakistani and Indian. Do yeah. I need to get more specific? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's is it's uh, it's uh, Muslims and, and Hindus, but yeah, Hindus and Muslims. Oh, is that the correct answer? That's what it says in the back of the card. That's not really an ethnic group. That's more of a religious group. But yeah. we'll let it slide, world domination. You're Australian. You're just taking things in stride. <laughs> I don't know who got that one right. We'll, we'll split the points on that one. All right, half a point each. Here we go. Which city was the capital of Japan until the mid-19th century? I'm going to go with... Uh, I'll go with Kyoto. Is it Edo? It's Kyoto. I got it. All right. I win this week. I win everything this week. Uh, thank you for playing along at home. And <laughs> What's cool about Kyoto is that it's an anagram of Tokyo. Oh, you've got to be joking. I'm not Tokyo. There's no way to know that, really. Mm, There's no way to confirm that. Some computer. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to go on with my second topic for the week. This one was brought to us uh, by another uh, Facebook message. Um... I'm going to see if I can actually find who brought us to this accord today. Get to that, to, to, uh, Kyoto? Is oh, that the Kyoto Accords? Yeah. This is – I. whenever I think of my car, I, mm -hmm. I feel like it sounds like a historical event <laughs> because it's the 1997 Honda Accord. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's really good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh <laughs> So last week we got two requests uh, to talk about Disney Infinity, which is a video game. Here we go. Finish him. And, uh, and what this video game is, I want to talk to you about it because... On one hand, it sounds kind of awesome. On the other hand, it sounds kind of terrible. Um, but not terrible in a sense that it sounds like a bad product. Terrible in the ramifications of this project. So, uh, so first so like of all, Ivan the terrible. Exactly. He was exactly. a great, uh, great at what he did, but had huge ramifications. Right. Great at what he did, but what he did was terrible. 
<laughs> um, so <laughs> there's actually a lot of people like that. Um, so Disney Infinity, what it is, is basically a toy slash a video game. And, and this idea has been explored with the game Skylanders. I don't know if you've heard about this game. But basically what it is is you have like a little portal, a little a little tray that plugs into your video game console. And then you have toys and you put the toy on the portal and then that toy will show up on your screen. Mm. Um, yeah, there's like some original like when the PSI came out, uh-huh. like a card game that did something like that. Yeah, very similar to that. So it basically uses that concept. And I watched through uh, – there's a – Giant Bomb did a really good video. It's a half-hour video kind of exploring all about um, – all about Disney Infinity. Michael Coffey linked that to us on our Facebook page. Um, ben Hall also brought this up. Um, but what it is is they're going to launch it with uh, with three packs. You have an Incredibles pack, you have a Monsters University pack, and you have a Pirates of the Caribbean pack. Um, and then they're looking at expanding out and doing more and more packs. And then um, you also have little discs, so you can like power up your guy. If you get one of these power discs, you put him on top of the power disc, and all of a sudden he gets a boost to his stats. So he'll run twenty percent faster if you put the I don't know Toy Story horse guy on him or something. Um, so there's a couple things. So it's really cool because you can get a pack of these guys and. It, they all come with like new levels. So basically, if you buy like the Incredibles pack, you basically get a new game that you could play in here. And there's a lot of new levels that are associated with them. But then there's also what's called the Toy Box mode, where you can just take these guys and kind of run around and do whatever you want with them. You can put, you know, Mr. Incredible with Buzz Lightyear's jetpack on him, and he's flying around in Tron. Um, so, how do you play the game? Well, the game is you get the toys, and then the toys come with games that are like that have levels in them, and they're basically like, uh, you know, like a like a third person platform, three D platformer game where you're like jumping on guys and and beating and you're them controlling up. it with a controller. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, it's a great. It's actually really cool. I would I would really uh, recommend people go check it out because I'm a big fan of Disney. I was obviously at Disneyland last week. Um, I like Disney properties. I like Pixar properties. Um, you know, they also now own Marvel and Star Wars. And while they said in the video that it would be hard to get all that licensing down, um, it's not inconceivable that this will be in the game. And in this game, you can interact with, you know, Jack Sparrow can interact with Sully from Monsters Incorporated. So, like, you can kind of bring these characters together and see them on the screen together for the first time just because they're all kind of under the same IP umbrella. The thing that I'm not so excited about this, first of all, this game is obviously targeted toward kids, um, which, you know, is fine. It's Disney. But first of all, you're you're going to be selling these pretty expensive toys to these kids and how are you going to stop the kids from playing with the toys outside of the video game and then ruining them uh, <laughs> so that they can't actually play them for their actual purpose? Because, you know, if these games are like 40 bucks for like a player pack uh, of like the Incredibles characters, 
that's fine for a game as long as you can play it on your console. But 40 bucks for like four plastic figurines of the Incredibles is actually a pretty bad deal if they if you break them and then they don't actually work in the game. So that's my first concern and that's that might be a little, you know, ho hum. I just don't understand what the game is. <laughs> So the game is that you take these guys, you put them on a tray, and then you get to play with them in the game. So like incorporates, it's basically being able to take action figures, and you, and then there's a video game that's associated with those action figures. Is the game any good? I don't know. That's the other part about it. <laughs> this just sounds really stupid to me. <laughs> okay. The second part about it is like, you know, this isn't the first time that you were able to take two characters from two different movies and play with them as a child. Yeah, no shit. It's called your imagination. Yeah, it's called your imagination. Like, do we need to have our imaginations projected on a digital screen in order for it to be palatable to young children now? Yeah. No, I know. Exactly. That's really weird. I don't need to, yeah. I don't need a, a, a game to tell me how... Han Solo interacts with uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. I don't think this is necessary at all. It just sounds like a big cash grab. Yeah, and this is the third part about it that really concerns me. So Disney, you know, I've been I've been following them on I've been following Polygon uh, lately and I love polygon.com. It's the best place to get your video game news. I love it. Um, but Disney has been closing their video game studios left and right. Yeah, they, yeah. They closed a studio in Austin that was making uh, Epic Mickey, and they made Epic Mickey 2. They were in line to make Epic Mickey 3, but apparently they've been on paid leave since Epic Mickey 2, which is actually a pretty sweet deal. Epic uh, fail. Yeah, no. I Being but, on paid leave, that would be like the best thing ever for me. <laughs> I can't think of anything better than being on paid leave. <laughs> but then they just shut down. They shut down that studio. So you're not going to get Epic, Epic Mickey anymore. And then they announced today that they're shutting down LucasArts. Yeah. Yeah, I was so, pretty shocked when I heard that. But then also it's like, well, what what have they been doing? LucasArts it's like been they, they inherited kind of like a uh, kind of a clusterfuck and they decided to like no. shut it down. And yeah, you can't but, really blame them for that. But they were working on Star Wars thirteen thirteen, which uh, may or may not happen now. Right, and that was looking like yeah, a pretty cool game. I don't game. know enough about that to know if it was going to be cool or not. Well, the trailers that they were showing it uh, from Gamescom looked pretty cool, but it's you can, basically you like can't really trust those. Though. Yeah, it's it's it looked like it was going to be Star Wars meets um, Star Wars meets Mass Effect. So regardless. They're basically shutting down every studio that isn't working on Disney Infinity now. <laughs> so they're putting all of their eggs in this Disney Infinity basket. Uh -huh. And while all signs point to this being, thing being successful, I mean, if you see a kid, think about a kid walking through Target and they see, like, all of the characters from Monsters University, uh, you know, on display, they're going to be like, oh, I want that. You know, uh -huh. and they're, then that's what they're, that's when they, what they're going to tell their mom that they want. You know, it's kind of the evil genius of Disney is that they... What? Do you think the dad's not around, Eric? Well... Or are they telling this to their mom? I don't know. I think that uh, I'm just projecting of, like, me... <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I was in a store as a kid, I was always with my mom. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's the evil genius of Disney is that they make a ton of money because they cater to children. And be mm -hmm. children are, like, the number one consumers of things. You know, if children you, are the future. 
of my wallet going <laughs> away. Like the, exactly. <laughs> like there's a reason why uh you know kids movies make a ton of money uh mm-hmm. kind of regardless of what they're about because parents can't take their kids to go see, you know, Lethal Weapon 27 or <laughs> Die Hard 19. Uh-huh. Eat shit or die hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so I uh, you know, it's if, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a successful. Get the little bastards to shut up. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be. It's like Disney's exactly. <laughs> corporate structure. <laughs> I think it's going to be a successful product, but at the same time, I don't want this at the at the expense of LucasArts because I have a special place in my heart for in my heart for LucasArts. You know, uh-huh. games like Star Wars Battlefront, Sam and Max hit the too, road, but they just they need to get their shit together. Is the thing. Ex, uh, Lucas Art was in like in a nosedive for yeah. the last ten years. Well, that's true. And what they said is they're actually, which I kind of like this idea. Is they said they're going to start um, outsourcing licensing the IP yeah. and licensing it to other game studios, which is actually probably a pretty good idea. I think that's um, a great idea. Put some of those titles in the hands of more comp- competent uh, developers. Like imagine like a Gearbox. Star Wars Battlefront. Oh, That'd be yeah. better. That would actually be really good. I, I, they need to make a new Tie Fighter. Is yeah, like, they do. I, that was that was the game that was my like yeah ten year old binge. <laughs> yeah, Tie Fighter is a great game. I also love Star Wars Battlefront. I would love it if somebody made Battlefront three. Mm-hmm. Um, like give yeah, that Battlefront. To... I haven't actually played either of those. That, those oh. are something I need to pick up and play here Dude, soon. Star Wars Battle. I still. I think I still have it. For yeah. the original Xbox. Maybe I could borrow that from you. That'd yeah. be cool. Star Wars Battlefront is a great game. It's basically like you're in a giant battle, but the whole battle depends on how you do as a fighter in the battle. Yeah, that's so pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I I, uh, I used to play Rebel Assault and Rebel Assault 2, mm-hmm. which were LucasArts film. I, uh, yeah. uh, Lucas LucasArts games. Mm-hmm. I got like this uh, big LucasArts bundle pack thing for uh-huh. Christmas when I was a kid. It was awesome. It had Rebel Assault 1 and 2 and it had TIE Fighter. I don't think it had X-Wing, but yeah, good times. Yeah, but and, and then they also did great adventure games back in the 90s with Sam and Max, like Monkey Fandango, Island. Monkey, Monkey Island. Um, I think Night of the Tentacle was theirs. Um, uh, you know, uh, but but now that that stuff is basically being resurrected by Double Fine, which worked on Grim Fandango, so you know whatever. Regardless, I mean Disney Infinity, it, it looks like a cool product. If you look at the video, it looks like a cool, exciting product. And there's also like a pretty neat like trading card element to it because you can buy these little token packs, and they're blind packs, like booster packs. Um, and then you could trade those tokens. It, it reminds me a lot of Pogs as a kid. Um, and uh-huh. the, these tokens are what give your characters power ups, or they you, you get like the Tron token, and that allows you to play sandbox mode in Tron. Or there's the Nightmare Before Christmas one that makes you play in the Nightmare Before Christmas. So, I mean, it's I cool. Just find, I find it really hard to believe that this is going to catch on at all. I think it's going to catch on, man. I think it's going to catch on with kids. Kids are crazy. Remember Pokemon cards? Pogs? Yeah, did? but Pokemon was a good game. Pokemon was a good game. It was a solid game. You have to have a solid gaming experience mm. to build off of and franchise off of. You can't just they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to throw all the money making parts at something that doesn't have 
any substance to it. Dude, I have two words for you. Pogs and Tamagotchi. Tamagotchis were good. Tamagotchis were a pretty straightforward thing. (laughs) They were cool. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I'll give you Tamagotchi if you want it. But uh, but But, Pogs. You're right with Pogs. Pogs is a terrible game. Right now, Disney's trying to sell me the A1 steak sauce without Mm -hmm. giving me the steak. Like, that's what was great about Pokemon is you had this... You had this great steak, and you wanted to buy, you know, the you wanted to buy the side salad, you wanted to buy the steak sauce, you mm-hmm. wanted to buy the knife to cut into it with, you know. Right. But I, I just feel like this is contentless. Well, I don't know. Watch the watch the video because it, it does it does look cool. But you're right; it does come down to gameplay. If the gameplay isn't fun, then it's not going to be cool. And it basically looks like any you know, port of a game or a port of a movie where you go in there enemies, you use your uh, abilities to, to fight those enemies. It doesn't look like it gets much more in depth than that, but I don't know. I haven't played it. So plus uh, what, when's the last time you've been through like a target, like toy store aisle and mm-hmm. seen all the collectible stuff there is now. There's so much collectible stuff. Like Nintendo has its own, like, um, like little package things where you you don't know what you're getting and it has like collectible minis and there Lego has like these really badass collectible little things. My Little Pony has their own stuff. There's there's tons of it. It's such a saturated mm. marketplace. I can't imagine like oh come on dude, but there's break into that. But with Disney, I mean Disney, Disney's Disney, dude. That's true. It's hard to it's hard to fight Disney. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't I'd still know. rather have the Legos. Like thinking, <laughs> thinking as myself when I was ten years old, I think mm-hmm. I would have rather had Legos than the little collectible Disney game thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's so weird to me. Like these are kids. Like you know, I was thinking about like what's my what's the Disney movie that like impacted me the most? It would have to be The Lion King. You know, that came out when I was nine years old. It was like an amazing spectacle at the time. It was like pretty cool. But like the kids now, like, you know, their favorite movie is like Cars 2. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Kids today. That's why all kids should be forced to watch Jurassic Park in the theater. Mm-hmm. By themselves. They'll change their life. With brand new shoes. I wasn't by myself. I was with my dad. Also, Space Jam was awesome. Just to throw that in there. That yeah, was Space a Jam was movie in my good. childhood. That was my first date was Space Jam. My favorite part was when Michael Jordan got that compound fracture. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I think it's so funny they call it a compound fracture. Like, when I hear compound fracture, I don't know why I always hear – I always think of, like, a crack in the bone. Like, that's a straight-up break, dude. Yeah, a compound fracture is when it, like, pokes through the skin. Oh, my lord. I can't even. Like, I can't even think about it. My sister's a nurse. She got all those genes. I'm a complete wuss when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Uh, in, in the time that we've been recording this podcast, in this nation, there's been like 17 compound fractures. Oh, I can't even think about it. <laughs> Jesse, speaking of wusses, what's your second topic? Well, uh, for my second topic, I want to talk about science. How much would you pay for the universe? Now, there's two kinds of volcanoes, some that ooze molten rock, and others that explode. If today 
we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Is it survival more important or sex? <laughs> And uh, luckily, a Russian billionaire is going to rescue us from our mortal coils and rescue us from a world where we have to suffer from compound fractures. Excellent. Because this Russian billionaire, whose uh, name wasn't mentioned in this article. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, Dmitry Istkov has uh, vowed to make uh, Terminator-style cyborg human beings a reality by the year 2045. Oh. I think that's more of a realistic date, though, than a lot of these things you hear about. You think so? Yeah. I mean, he's given himself 30 years. I just just love that um, it seems like all the technological advances are falling in the laps of the Russian billionaires lately. It's like, we're going to send uh, people on a one-way trip to Mars. Uh-huh. We're going to make uh, cybernetic robot guys. But yeah. uh, So um, the 2045 initiative, uh, the ultimate <laughs> goal is to transfer a person's mind or consciousness from a living brain into a machine. Oh uh, including its personalities and memories. And then... Uh, I guess uh, the way like they're they're projecting it the the first stage in 2020 um, is going to be uh, a person controlling a robotic human replica through a brain machine interface, <laughs> brain- which is technology that's already happening now. Brain machine. I just love uh, that, that term. <laughs> BMIs. Yeah. Uh, they have the technology now for like people who are paralyzed, like from the waist down, to be able to control robotic arms with their brain only. Oh, that's awesome! So yeah, I know that's already there. So that's that's the twenty twenty goal is to be able to do that, and then Plan B, uh, the Avatar B program, doing twenty twenty five involves uh, transplanting the human brain into an artificial body. So putting the the brain in an entirely robotic body. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Avatar C, which rolls around in 2035, uh, in, uh, yeah, that's the, I guess that's the human brain with the personality intact, mm-hmm. which concerns me that uh, Plan B doesn't include the personality. <laughs> well, you know, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess uh, the final goal is to uh, have twenty by twenty forty five uh, to free the brain completely from its uh, physical form and uh, put it in an internet like hive mind mm-hmm. where you could manifest yourself as a hologram when you need when when need be <laughs> yeah when need be yeah when the need arises so uh, which one of those. Uh, Phases? Do you think you'd want to participate in A, B, C, or D? None. <laughs> yeah, just take my consciousness out of my brain. I, I'm totally game for that. I think this sounds like the type of stuff that they do on like prisoners in in exchange for their freedom. <laughs> like, they, <laughs> like I would never, I would never go for any of this stuff. 
Uh, I don't know, man. I kind of want to live forever. Okay. Well, which one would you go for? Because re- you realize this is the testing phase. I, I think I like Avatar C, where okay. your brain and personality is put into a cyborg. Uh-huh. I like that. I don't know if I want to be completely freed from the physical realm and just put in the internet, essentially. I kind of mm-hmm. want to be able to still, like, crush skulls with my bare hand and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's why robots are mad, dude. Because <laughs> I, I, I hear a lot about consciousness, memories, and personality, but I don't hear anything about sensation. About what? Sensation. About, like, nervous system. Yeah, that, uh, from what I've heard about the actual science behind this stuff is that's kind of the next step uh-huh. uh, after being able to um, actually control something with your – like control a robot arm with your brain is to be able right. to have that like send back nervous Tactile. impulses so that you know what you're holding and stuff yeah. like that. But I guess they've um, they've like done these studies where like – uh, they'll have like 50% of people with their arm on the table and then they'll like poke it and see if you feel it and then they'll have like 50% of people with a fake arm on the table and poke it and see if you feel it and like most people feel it whether or not they're poking the real arm or the fake arm. Huh. Well. Does that make sense? I guess. I don't. So like yeah, they feel it with their ghost just arm? Brain, I don't get... Like if you're like if your brain associates with this robot arm, uh, it kind of like shortcuts the nervous system to feel it even mm. if it's not connected to your nervous system. This this is all well and good, dude. But if I can't taste beer and if my happy parts don't work, I'm not in. Mm, yeah, see, I, I could do without the latter. As long as I can drink beer, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. You do your thing. I'll do mine. <laughs> Uh, you know, this is interesting because it goes along, it kind of goes along. I mean, this is a, a Russian billionaire and I love that term. I'm so glad that that's a term now, Russian billionaire. You, you have such a vivid image in your mind when you say Russian billionaire. I think Putin's yeah. done a lot. To, I do uh, love that the, the Soviet Union collapses and immediately there's like thousands of billionaires exactly. in Russia. Like, <laughs> yeah, we were rich the whole time. Yeah, duh. Um, <laughs> But this goes along with uh, – so Obama has uh, has proposed a $3 billion um, – Russian billionaire project. Russian billionaire project to create Russian billionaires here on our own soil. Uh, <laughs> three to be exact. Now that's a program I can get by. Yeah. Um, we well, need to close the Russian billionaire gap. Yeah. <laughs> so he's proposing a $3 billion brain mapping project uh, to happen over the next decade. It's a federally funded um, science project to uh, to map the human brain to to hopefully figure out, uh, you know, where things like Alzheimer's, dementia, and uh, and autism come from. So uh-huh. this, this is so interesting to me because – And what part of this turns us into merciless killing machines? Well, you have to figure out where the, what, what happens in the brain before you can stick it in a robot. Um, uh, not according to uh, this Russian billionaire. <laughs> yes. Uh, but the funny thing is like people are like, is, is this worth it? Should we be spending $3 billion on this over the next 10 years? Like do you have any understanding of what 
how much how little three billion dollars over ten years is in terms of government spending yeah that that's not that's not very much at all like in the time of this podcast, we've already spent dozens of three billion dollars on other things, uh yeah, regardless, yeah, repairing all those compound fractures exactly um the other part about this is like in my opinion, like I don't know, call me a call me a, a space race nut but i think that the government should do funding of science like this is like a big part of like what made america work in like the 60s uh and i think that we should be funding scientific projects like uh, you know um call me a neil degrasse tyson ite i don't mind it but uh but yeah like let's let's spend money to map the brain let's spend money to figure out uh how to stick brains in robots I don't know. This is how you get technological advances. Technological advances. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's kind of a bummer because if it, I feel like back in the fifties and sixties, like being a scientist was mm-hmm. like being a rock star, mm-hmm. and you could be like a celebrity super scientist, and that's like yeah. who like the Johnny Quest characters were based off. If I guess right. not Johnny Quest, but his dad. We have people like think about it. Like think about this famous scientist. Like today we have. Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson, who are basically like great personalities, are very smart guys, uh, but they're not curing polio like Jonas Salk or, you know, creating atomic physics like Albert Einstein. Like, you right. don't have these superstar scientists anymore. There's that dude with the Mohawk from NASA who did the Mars rover. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like this, yeah, we need more superstar scientists for sure. And with all of the things that have happened over the past fifty years since the space race began, uh, all of the technological advances that have happened—if we can focus on certain technological advances, like we did with Kennedy in the space program—like we can really do some really amazing things. I think. And, you know, we're we're literally at a level now where we're talking about implanting consciousness into robots because there are things like biological uh uh data storage that are a reality like they've done data storage in dna and it works perfectly i know that's one of the craziest things that my brain just cannot wrap itself (laughs) i know like basically you know we're figuring this out we're at a point in our lives where uh the digital world the things we create and the own by our own biology are starting to integrate. So there's an ama- there are some amazing steps that can come forward, and these are the types of things that we need to be uh, focusing on, or else if we focus on the wrong things, I really fear that we'll lose all of this potential that we've been building up to for not only the last 50 years, not only the last 100 years, but really the last 2,000 years or the last 5,000 years. Like Technology has been rapidly, exponentially increasing, uh, and we really have to take advantage of it at this time because if we don't and we focus on the wrong things, I think that we could really lose all this potential that we've been building to as humanity. Yeah, I don't know if I would go that extreme. I think okay. I think the uh, steady <laughs> It's march, a little soapboxy. <laughs> the steady march of technology will continue regardless of what the United States government has to say about it. And I mean if it if we can uh recover from what literally we know as the dark ages. Mm-hmm. I think that we'll be okay. I'm saying the Dark Ages set the space race back at least 150 years. That's true. Yeah. Thank you.
We could have had <laughs> pilgrims on the moon. We could have. Damn it. I know, man. And imagine the world we'd be living in now. We'd all be in cybernetic bodies living in an internet. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? No, I have to wait till 2045 <laughs> to get my cybernetic body. Uh, rather yeah. be dead. No compound fractures in that body. Man, sports <laughs> is going to be so boring. Just compound fractals. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and get to our, our Facebook roundup. Uh, but before we do, I want to let you know how you can get in touch with us. You can always... Uh, write us an email, personalarrogance at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail like Roger Dotsy did at 360-362-0024. We had a, a call in and hang up this week, and that made me super sad because I get so yeah. excited when I see a Google voice, and then somebody just called it and hung right up, which made me... I choose to believe that's a ghost adventure. Oh, definitely. Definitely a ghost adventure. Um, but uh, you can also find us on Facebook. We also we have our... Uh, we're on the Bald Move Facebook page. Uh, we also have the Personal Arrogance Facebook page, um, and uh, you can you could find either one. Um, I want to thank uh, Ryan Kleska uh, for liking our Facebook page this week. Uh, it's always fun to have new fans. And uh, let's do our Facebook roundup. Each week we talk about or we post on Facebook. We do a thread of what you would like to talk about us. What you would like us to talk about this week. Last week, somebody said Disney Infinity, and look at that. We spent a whole 15 minutes shitting all over it. Um, so <laughs> so, uh, so this week, uh, Michael King Nod Hero said we could talk about recent hockey trades if you're so inclined. Unfortunately, uh, Nod, we know you love hockey, but until we get a hockey team here, all we could say is go St. Louis Blues. Yeah, buddy. Go Blues. Um, Jacob DeForest is talking about North Korea's hilarious threats. Jesse, your thoughts on North Korea's posturing? Well, yeah. Um, honestly, I I think they're probably they're just pushing it so that they have negotiating room to uh, ask for aid. They ha they have to know that everything they're saying is bullshit, right? Like, yeah, if, if they have to know if that they if they, they launched mean what they're saying, then they're putting themselves to some sort of like death by cop suicide totally. scenario. Totally, it's like it's like. You do realize that both China and the U.S. would not put up with anything. Like, well, China technically has a pact with North Korea to defend them in case of attack. Yeah, but they've also been fortifying fortifying their border with North Korea as all well, of this that, is going Well, they say on. that's for a refugee situation. Oh. Well, regardless, dude, it's like – and then South Korea and, and uh, Japan both have huge alliances with the U.S. Like – Pyongyang would be wiped off the map. Like, we literally conquered Iraq in one day. Now, <laughs> granted, that dragged on for another 10 years. Uh, <laughs> but, like, we've proven that we could pretty much take over wherever we want, as long as it's smaller than the size of Nevada in less than a day. So The only thing North Korea is trying to take over right now is the negotiating table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It, it, it's just, it's such the wrong way to do it, dude. It, that's, it's just so crazy to me. I mean, I, I it's don't, effective though. Yeah. It, it's also it last time when uh, the United States negotiated with North Korea to uh, halt their nuclear program, we agreed to pay for their entire electrical infrastructure. Well, that's really because we were just playing Monopoly and, and, uh, North Korea thought it was real. <laughs> 
great jokes by Eric Walquist. Um, <laughs> Take that stuff to uh, <laughs> giggles up yeah. in uh, up in North the U Seattle. district. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I mean, North Korea. They're they're crazy people. They're crazy, man. But I feel bad for the people who live there. I honestly do. It's yeah, like, that's the thing is they they have a whole nation of prisoners, and just on yeah. human rights violations, I would not mind seeing that regime fall at all. Yeah, I mean, we just got to go in and do it. Like it wouldn't be the type of thing where I mean, I yeah, dude. But if it goes wrong, you and I are going to be the first ones drafted. Yeah, right, dude. We're we're getting, we'll be podcasting from the front lines. We're getting up there, dude. I think we're out. We're almost out of the of the drafting. You might pool. be. I think I'm in my final year. Yeah. Um. All right. Anyway, North Korea, crazy, right? Um. Sequel to Finding Nemo, Finding Dory. I can't wait to see it on uh, Disney Infinity. Uh. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, also, Jay Leno is going to leave The Tonight Show. He's going to be replaced by Jimmy Fallon, and they're moving it to New York City. John O'Brien uh, gave us this news. That is – and I looked it up. It is so weird to me, dude. So Jay Leno is going to be done in a year. And as a Conan guy, it really irks me that this whole thing is happening because, like, Conan never got his shot. He, he he got it ruined by Jay because Jay turned, moved to the 10 o'clock slot and nobody watched him. And now, uh, you know, I, I love Jimmy Fallon. I think he's a really talented guy. But it kind of irks me that Conan got so screwed over in this whole situation. Yeah, well, shit happens. Shit At happens least you're not on the front lines of North Korea. There you go, man. <laughs> Getting compound fractures and then having your uh, brain uploaded into a cyborg. Am I right? Am I right? Ladies know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Speaking of which, Alex Nunn uh, posted, Vladimir Putin, great Russian dictator or greatest Russian dictator? Jesse, as a Russian historian, what are your thoughts? Uh, he's definitely up there. I don't, you know, the thing about calling him a dictator is that that's basically all Russia has ever known. Mm-hmm. If, if, you look at a, if you look at it historically, you have the czars. Uh-huh. And then you have uh, a brief period where that was interrupted called uh, Genghis Khan uh-huh. <laughs> and the Mongolians taking it over. Right. And and then you have the czars falling hey, to uh, Lenin and Cal his uh, dictatorship of the proletariat and then Stalin and then uh, very quickly Vladimir Putin. So, yeah, yeah good for them. They know what they like. They like a strong uh, authoritarian leader. Well, you forgot, but no, you forgot Gorbachev. Gorbachev went to Disneyland. Yeah, he was uh, – he was just a filler. He was yeah. a stopgap yeah. between feel, uh, great authoritarian leaders. That's how I feel about Yeltsin. It's like they found a guy who had a similar hairdo to Bill Clinton and they stuck him in office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Vladimir Putin's a real badass. Like, yeah. He could beat me up and then he could also like fly the fighter jet that dropped a bomb on my house. Right. And then he could probably also, like, be the EMT who saves my life. <laughs> Vladimir Putin strikes me as the type of guy who could literally wrestle a bear to death. And the bears know that. So on his summer vacations, he just goes to a cabin in Siberia and hangs out with a bunch of bears. <laughs> it's basically like Goldilocks, but it's Vladimir Putin and the three bears. And I also all... like that his name is almost poutine, which is my favorite <laughs> Canadian dish. Yes. So is he the greatest? Uh, is he the greatest dictator or the greatest authoritarian? 
You know, I don't know. I mean, we mentioned Ivan the Terrible earlier, mm-hmm. and then you have some great. No. You got some great leadership in Tsar Alexander II, right. who uh, defeated Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just there's so many good ones. <laughs> I don't think he's the greatest, honestly. You well. have such a rich tradition of authoritarian despotism in Russia that even with such a quality uh, ball club, as it were, mm-hmm. currently, yep. Uh, it's just not the best. It's it's there's there's just too many legends. Well, you know, and and you know, on, there's only one uh, Russian dictator who has a statue in Fremont. That's true. So there you go, Amy Baker. Amy Baker looks like she's going to win our bracket contest. Congratulations, Amy. Uh, my bracket sucks, but uh, Roger Dotsy's bracket sucks more which makes me feel a little bit better. But I think we're all pulling for Louisville, which is really great. So let's all root for Louisville. Uh, Chris Manfield says, Phoenix Coyotes at school lunch. Sure, I'll trade my pizza Lunchables for your Sega Genesis bicycle and six of your fingers. Apparently, there's a big hockey trade going on today, uh, which is interesting that it involves the Phoenix Coyotes because there is rumor that the Phoenix Coyotes could become a Seattle NHL franchise. Um, yeah. Because nobody goes to games. Somebody, Whoever decided that, that Phoenix, Arizona was a great place to put a hockey team, seriously. <laughs> I, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, when I think of hockey. Yeah, I guess oh, they traded Rafi Torres to San Jose to the San Jose Sharks for a third round draft pick. So I don't know who Rafi Torres. I'm sorry, I feel bad. Go Blues. Yeah, go Blues. Go Blues. Um, and then, um, and then finally, Amy Baker capped it off by saying, "Hopefully, the Louisville players will all be distraught from the injury and they won't play well." That's my only hope. Amy, that's so that's so mean. I love it. I love that. Uh, <laughs> You know, go big or go home attitude. I don't think we've ever been so wrapped up around a piece of current events <laughs> as we have around this compound fracture. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, it almost, like in the grand scheme of things, it means nothing. It right. means literally nothing right. in U.S. history or the course of the world or mm-hmm. anything. But just because it affects people on such a visceral level and it was so visible... Yeah. Yeah. It's become the talking point of the United States. Oh, well, we can only move on to recommendations, Jesse. What's your real first? quick? I want oh. to uh, I want to uh, read a couple of uh, iTunes reviews. Oh, cool, cool. Now I can't remember. Did we do this last week? Mm-mm. So, um, hidden gem, uh, uh-huh. five star review from Justin Olson ninety three. Uh huh. Uh, did we? We're sure we didn't read this I, March twenty fifth. I, I I was sleeping halfway through the cast, so we may have. Yeah, I'm high on Nyquil, so I'm gonna read it anyway. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, why didn't I discover this earlier? I decided to take a listen after the recommendation of A. Ron Hubbard and Jim Jones a few weeks ago, and I'm I'm already up to episode fifty nine. Wow. Uh, by the way, we don't recommend you listening to it from the bottom up. You're right. <laughs> to Especially be fair, a few three. episodes were broken, leading to more lost episodes. Oh, no. Apparently. Uh, this podcast is now my favorite podcast, what? surpassing all other Bald Move podcasts, including 
Blue Yonder, the rivalry lives. Oh, yeah. Say what? That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Justin mm-hmm. Olsen, 93. Yeah. And then uh, on March 28th, uh, we got a little bit of everything five-star review. Thank you very much. Science, humor, pop culture, beer, and bad words. What more could you want in a podcast? Fuck. And that's by C-R-S-H-A, Kersha. Do it. Thank you, Kersha. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, thank you. You can always rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, That helps us out a lot and helps us move up the ladder in that big old iTunes sea that we're floating in. Um, Right. So, Jesse, what? There's lots of ladders in the sea. There is. Uh, Jesse, what's your first first reco this week? Uh, my first recommendation is a brewing company out of Portland, Oregon. Uh-huh. They're called The Commons, The Commons Brewery. Uh, I had a totally awesome Flanders-style uh, ale with Bretomyces. It was tart. It was delicious. I paid $11 for a 750ml bottle of it, and it was so good. If you can get this in your local uh, brewery, Uh, Supply place, bottle shop, whatever. It's the commons. They have a farmhouse sale that's out right now, which is awesome. So they're really kicking ass. Do it. All right. My first reco is uh, it's on the technology front, Jesse. And it's the Leaf antenna. It's a Leaf HD antenna. So I bought this like RCA antenna for my TV because I ditched cable a while ago. Um, Uh And it was the worst piece of crap ever. It was right. Like this, My one sucked too. Yeah, it was My awful. RCA antenna. Thirty bucks down the drain. It, like it, it. Whenever it was windy outside, it would like really like freak out. Like I could barely watch like NBC on it. So I read all these reviews for uh, for what's the best HD TV antenna, and I and I read about the Leaf. So I bought one. It was the same price. It was thirty bucks. I put it on my TV. I get forty channels over what? the air. And all of them come through crystal clear. What? And the coolest thing about this thing is, like, you open the box and it, it looks like a laminated piece of paper. But Weird. you just hang it up on the wall, plug it in, man, and it will fly. Like, it is the best HDTV reception I've ever seen. Um, and uh, totally worth it, man. Like, 30 bucks, just drop it. And if you ditch cable, this is the way to go. Wow, so, that's really cool. Yeah, the Leaf Antenna. I'm very happy with it. Well, uh, my second recommendation, recommendation uh-huh. is in general, Saison's and Farmhouse Ales, a lot of them are coming out right now. Yeah. And they are such delicious uh, spring and summer styles. And uh, it, it, it just fits the season. The, those first few warm days, mm-hmm. get a nice uh, Saison or Farmhouse Ale in Do your it. hand and sit back. And drink that and relax. Do it. And then my psycho this week is going to be Samurai Jack. It is now on Netflix. I love Samurai Jack. I didn't know you were a Samurai Jack fan. I love Samurai Jack, dude. Mm. I think it's so good. I never got into it. I really like it. I love the artistic style. I love the storytelling. And they do a lot of, like, cool, really cool, like, innovative things for cartoons, I think. Like, they do a lot of stuff that's, like, no dialogue. Like, uh, I watched an episode recently that was basically, like, ten minutes of no dialogue. And it was basically just, like, a big setup for a big fight. And then the fight scenes are really cool. Um, And it's really imaginative. Um, Each episode gives you a brand new 
a world that you're immersed in. I really like it. But the bigger the bigger thing here is that, you know, um, all of Cartoon Network stuff is now on Netflix, including Venture Bros. So Say watch it, man. What? Yes. I did not know about that till now. Yes. Let's wrap this podcast up, Eric. <laughs> so yeah, it's awesome, man. Cartoon Cartoon Network stuff on uh, on Netflix, and uh, and yeah, in that vein, let's wrap it up, Jesse. Um, we'd like to thank you for listening this week. Uh, please keep your feedback coming, guys. We love it when you give us feedback. Give us a call, 360-362-0024, or write to us, personalarguments.gmail.com, or find us on Facebook. We love your feedback, guys. Nothing makes me happier than reading that every week and or listening to it. And uh, please, guys, get off my back and remind, remember that wherever you go. And whatever you do. Please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant.